The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry. If you've wanted to go behind the scenes with your favorite sports figure or entertainment personality, this is the show for you. Darnell has successfully bridged the gap between both and is ready to share his stories and his guest stories with you. Now, here's Darnell. Well, thank you, thank you. This is JD. I'm filling in uh, solo today. Darnell is a little bit under the weather. And speaking of the weather, it's beautiful outside. It's like 82 degrees here in AZ. Uh, so I hope Darnell gets better, and I know you're listening, bro, and uh hope to talk to you soon. Uh, maybe get together this weekend for the barbecue once you're feeling better. Uh, what to just touch base on the past week of events, uh, as you all well know, we were in Indianapolis for a Super Bowl weekend and, uh, what a great experience. I have to say, uh, Indy was definitely probably one of the better, uh, Super Bowl hosts that I've seen thus far going to Miami, even the one here in Arizona. Uh, everything was pretty much centralized downtown Indy. You had the malls, the parking garages which in some we had to pay like $75 to $50. But, you know, being the gentleman that we are in the Trailblazers and the, uh, searching out a little bit, we found a parking garage for $10 right across the street for one for 50 So, hey, way to go with uh, Grant and Darnella and Paulina and I. We we're all on a voyage to get out there and uh, find some deals and walk a little bit and have some fun. Uh, talking about the game, I, the game ended pretty much how I felt it would end. Uh, there was a little doubt. I felt like from the beginning, uh, that the Giants were the better team. Um, I felt like, but you could never count Tom Brady out or Bill Belichick. I, I mean, with that matchup. And it really came down to those things a little bit. I, I mean, Mario Manningham's catch, I mean, unbelievable. Although you go back and you look at some of the routes and it's like, okay, you know, uh, being a receiver, wide receiver coach, one of the things we always preach is for our guys to, uh, allow enough room for the quarterback to throw the ball so you can just fade into the sideline. But Mario ran a bad route, but had an excellent catch and, you know, made Eli just look wonderful, uh, not to take it away from what Eli's done, but then Tom Brady, uh, Tom was put the ball on the dime, uh, and guys, some of the catches, you know, they just had to make. Uh, you go back, you look at Deion Branch, who's, you know, pretty consistent, dropping the ball. Uh, Gronkowski wasn't as effective as one would like to have seen him. Um, understand he's coming from an injury and things of that nature, um, being able to plan and things like that. He didn't look as smooth as he normally had. And you can see that they kind of saw that he wasn't getting open like he's done in the past. And both he and Aaron, uh, Aaron Hernandez had had some critical drops as well. 
And yet, when all those drops, they were still in the game. So that was just amazing. But then the key play that uh, a lot of people want to focus on uh, was uh, the Wes Welker drop. And I felt like, you know, Tom Brady, seeing the coverage and understanding uh, what he was throwing against, throwing the ball to the back shoulder or outside shoulder. Uh, and Wes Welker makes that catch eight out of ten times anyway. So just unfortunately that day he dropped it. So I felt like that the game, the game was played well. And uh, then obviously with the drops, uh, <laughs> Giselle defending her man. Hey, Tom has a good woman, pretty, smart, wealthy, and uh, she's she's a she's a true soldier. She uh she's a ride or die chick. She went out there and just said, "Hey, he can't catch the ball too." So uh, I mean, and to his defense, I mean, I say a lot of those balls he put it there, but the Giants can't take away from them that pass rush. Uh, the guy stepped up, and you know the Patriots. I felt like their D line uh, played well, and it was just. It was some good plays. It was a good game. I, I think uh, going into the Super Bowl, a lot of people wasn't maybe except for the East Coasters. wasn't a lot of people that was just at, came off as excited about the game. Um, but nonetheless, it was still a good game, and so that that was uh, pretty interesting. I have to say that uh, in terms of what this game meant for Tom Brady's career. I don't think it affects him either way. The fact that he's gotten there, he's won his Super Bowls, and you know what? I I believe that Tom will make it there one more time, uh, just to be quite honest. I I think that he he has a career not I mean that kind of stands apart from a lot of guys at his position. And I tell you what, I mean, looking at the throws, looking at the accuracy, uh, he made some tough throws, some very tough throws, and. I have to, I have to rank him in my top four of all time. I mean, the guy was just getting the job done. I felt overall. Uh, now, you think about Tom Coughlin on the other hand, the other time, and what about the uh, perseverance for that whole Giants uh, entire organization? Uh, you had Jerry Reese, who, I mean, as a young GM. Already has one Super Bowl. Who inherited a coach that was on a hot seat probably every year of his career uh, there in New York. Uh, tough media spot, and uh, they find a way. You know, Tom finds a way to adjust, and Jerry shows patience with them. And, and I really believe that Tom Coughlin, whether you like it or not, like uh, Antrell Roll said, you know what. The guy has a method to his madness. He's established discipline, and, you know, we all fight discipline, but at the end of the day, we all understand it's needed in structure. And I think that's what Tom Coughlin provides. What I want to play for him, that's a whole nother story. I mean, he looks like he doesn't play, and I'm waiting for him to spontaneously combust at times. But, you know, at the same time, he has a method, and it's proven successful. I mean, who cares if you win 16 regular season games and lose and don't make or lose it in a playoff first round or lose the big one? He's gone in there and he's pulled out too. So I mean, uh, 
kudos to Tom Coughlin and, you know, st- sticking to the path, sticking to his way, uh, being himself. Not everyone's going to be that Bill Walsh type or Tony Dungy. I mean, stay into your personality and, you know, making adjustments. And at the end of the day, I mean, he wins over his guys. Uh, so you don't look, we're judged at the end of the season by the game, the big game and getting there. And he's done it. So I just think that's remarkable. <clears throat> Unfortunately, Darnell and I both uh, picked the Patriots. And going with the both, uh, I think I'll speak for my behalf. I can't speak for you, D. But uh, I really did feel like the Patriots would pull it out because just the myth of Tom Brady. But, hey, there it is. And so I'm still trailing you right now, but I don't think that's going to go on too long. Uh, Darnell's winning by seven picks. That's according to Grant. But I see that there's a little biasness there, you know, both Northwestern grads. So we'll have a talk the next time we all get together um, and find some commonality between Grant and, I, and myself over here and Darnell, see if I can uh, get my picks a little bit up on account. So going into it, Roger Goodell says league meeting, uh, the league will probably expand to 34 teams uh, if L.A. gets one. That right there, I, I see it happening. I, I think that it will be good for the sport. Um, now, L.A. gets one. I could see, and, you know, some people may disagree, I could see that London could be perhaps on the map for getting one. Um, just as we've covered a lot of times, the international market, uh, they're following of American football and with things like the Internet and satellite TV. I mean, you look back five years ago and the things we're doing now, you know, you never would foreseen uh, what the availability of information and things like that and the speed of it. So those 34 teams, I, I think is good. I don't think it would be oversaturated. I think L.A. is, you know, a good market. And, you know, we'll see what happens. And also he's saying that uh, basically Goodell said on Costas Live that he would not uh, try to move another team there. So that means more jobs, you know, you're going to get, you know, 120 more players in the league and then, you know, so many odd coaches and personnel. So I think that's a good thing uh, for the for the NFL, which I think right now, can't even argue that it probably is the premier sport uh, that's out there. Now, UFC is giving it a fight, but I just football, what it draws and what it means to this country, it's just unbelievable. Um, and then, I mean, this is for the and, and you guys, you know, they beat Iowa and, uh, to keep their hopes alive in basketball. I'm going to tell you, I'm rooting for Ohio State in the Big Ten. I'm sure uh, Grant and Darnell will take issue to that. But, hey, we ha- it is what it is. I have to represent. Uh, I have uh, Lindell Smith, Jr. from the hometown. In fact, when we went back in town for the Super Bowl, saw his dad, and uh, everybody was excited. So I am excited to see Ohio State win the Big Ten. So for you and you guys, you know, you'll get over it. I mean, it is what it is. Ohio State is the premier team right now in the Big Ten, and so we'll go from there. Um, some other news you see, uh, 
the ex-coach at Pitt uh, for all of, what, 46 hours or whatnot, uh, Haywood, he uh, had the charges drop, which he lost his job due to the simple fact uh, of being accused of domestic battery and lost his job. And so now he's going back and suing uh, the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, be very interesting to see how this all pans out for him. It, it is just a, such a touchy situation. I felt like they would do, not knowing all the facts, that it would be a lot more due diligence involved uh, in terms of finding out, you know, if he did it, what was the situation. But obviously, uh institution like Pitt, I'm sure they did what they had to do and finding out and trying to protect the brand of the university. But they may be paying for that one. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with that and found out the guy's not even coaching anymore, but he's trying to stay uh, close to it as possible. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens there in Pitt. Um, but just going back, um, we're going to be introducing the football question of the week. Um, and basically what this question is, uh, this segment is about is to give our audience a chance to just ask us some questions uh, regarding the game where, you know, background from Darnell as a player, me as a coach and a scout, uh, I think that we have some similar per, uh, perspectives and some different ones. And so it gives it, our fans a chance, you all, a chance to just ask us questions and hopefully we can give you uh, a well-rounded and well-thought-of a- answer to your question. Um, so, like, even though the NC- NFL and the NCAA football seasons are over, there's going to be a lot of talk about the football world. So every week we will do this and we'll uh, debate on your topic as Darnell and I do so well with each other. It's always a debate, but uh, truth is we're good friends and that's what makes it go uh, opposites to track sometimes. Um, and if you have a topic that you want Darnell and I to debate over, you can send it to the, our Facebook page outside the spotlight and uh, we'll choose one for the following show. And so, like, this week's question, who gets into the Hall of Fame first, Eli or Peyton? And, you know, this is going to go on and on. This is, I feel like, a media debate that was created by the media. I, for myself, I you know, we're going to get into this. I, I think that both, you know, Eli pulling down two Super Bowls, um, and you know what? This year, he played lights out. Uh, had to give it to him. I mean, but the NFL has changed this year. I felt a lot of starting quarterbacks played well with adjustments to the rule changes and things of that nature. So we'll see uh, what happens. And I, when we come after break, we'll talk a little bit further about uh, the debate between Peyton and Eli. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. It's all Arizona, 
all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. What does building a family mean to you? Nobody has experienced the pain and joy of family life in a way that Freddie Scott has. And his experiences in life, in sports, and business can help you create a successful family future. We'll cover many aspects of family building and management with a focus on fatherhood. Men and women want their families to succeed during these tough times. Our show will give you hope for the future and practical tools for a successful family. Tune in to The Freddie Scott Show, tackling the game of life, Mondays at Noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry. If you have a question for Darnell or his guest, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Darnell at DarnellAutry.com. Now, back to Outside the Spotlight. Thanks again, Shakita. I know Darnell normally comes up with a new name, so I had to go urban on you a little bit, get a little Shakita in there. Um... Going back to the subject, uh, dealing with uh, Eli Manning or Peyton Manning, I feel like Eli, yes, he has the two Super Bowls. This year he played well for Eli. Peyton, on the other hand, I just I think that Peyton Manning is a first ballot guy. He's going in. He's won a Super Bowl. Uh, some other guys that have made it in the Super, uh, Hall of Fame have not won. I mean, he's been there twice, uh, like a Dan Marino. Peyton's body of work. I mean, you you can't compare. I mean, the guy has been, you know, won the season MVPs, and I mean, it is what it is. It, I I think that Peyton, you look at the statistics, Peyton is the man. It, it, it's no way around it. I think that Eli is a question. I, very similar to Kurt Warner. I, I'm there. I, I don't know if you. If you go ahead and and duck Eli in, I think, <coughs> excuse me, that he is pretty much. I think he's a above average quarterback, but he's won the two Super Bowls. And there's been some guys who have gone to the Super Bowl, but yet, you know, uh, and won. But they're not going to Hall of Fame, i.e. Trent Dilfer. I think that, well, he's won one. Peyton, 
it's just, uh, to me, is no question. Uh, Grant put that up there for a debate, and I just, I, I have to say that I'm still not convinced that Eli makes it in. Uh, what Eli does from this point on, I think that would be the determining factor if he makes it in. Peyton, it's not a question of if he makes it in. I mean, you can see the absence of him with his team and what's happened with the league. And uh, even coming from a guy like Kurt Warner who has played behind Eli, and I don't take Kurt as a bitter individual. I think he's a straight shooter. And if you look at it, I mean, for what Eli's been surrounded with, I think that he came in to a situation where he's had a solid defense. He's had some solid running backs. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Peyton came in with Marshall Falk and Pollard and uh, you had Marvin Harrison and those guys. But, you know, Eli, to me, has had a stronger supporting cast around him uh, throughout his career. And I think that if Eli went down, that the Giants wouldn't have a problem with putting a guy in and having similar success. I mean, I know that there will be a lot of debates out there, but I have to say that uh, by far Peyton is the guy, and he's definitely going to make it into uh, the Hall of Fame, definitely on a first ballot situation. Eli, he's a guy that, to me, is going to linger around a lot. Uh, speaking of the Hall of Fame, I just could not believe me, and maybe because I'm a fan, but I just felt like uh, some of the selections this year um, was tough. I, I really felt like Jerome Bettis is a first ballot guy. Um, Bill, uh, how does he not get in uh, first ballot? I felt like Jerome. Although stats, if you go by solely on stats, Curtis Martin had a great body of work compared, but I felt like if you looked at it, Jerome, to me, um, was a better back. But, you know, then again, Curtis Martin was Mr. Consistent, never too flashy, he got the job done. Uh, and then Bill Parcells not getting in. That one right there on the first ballot, I was shocked. I was actually shocked at Chris Carter as well. Uh, but Bill Parcells, I mean, what he's done as a coach, um, getting into the Super Bowls, winning them, uh, developing players, uh, guys who will have and will be in the Hall of Fame, and just looking at his coaching tree, I mean, look at the guys that Bill Parcells had, you know, introduced into the league. Some of these guys weren't even working uh, until they got with him, weren't in the league, and look at their careers. I mean, you have guys that's going to Todd Haley and all these other guys that have been NFL head coaches, that have won rings themselves, uh, and have been very successful. Then Parcells goes over and does the personnel thing where basically, you know, he's the GM and the president of the teams and, and getting together, again, coaches and players that other people will look at, in some cases, as castaways, and they're having success. So 
to me, I say shame on you all for not having Bill Parcells as a first ballot. I just can't. To me, I I, I just can't understand it. Uh, that was a little bit perplexing for me. So, but then the other person, Chris Carter. I mean, yes, he never won the big one, but he was a human highlight reel as a receiver. He had a long career. You know, he had some bumps early on in his, in his career when he was in Philly. But then what he did when he came to Minnesota, I mean, the guy was on fire. He was one of the better all-around receivers. I mean, he could take you vertically and then, you know, go across the middle, very similar to Michael Irving, and actually punish uh, defenders trying to tackle him. And uh, going back to Darnell's rookie year when we were both in Chicago, I remember uh, Chris Carter going in and crack-blocking uh, one of my good friends, Tom Carter, and broke his collarbone. I mean, very physical wide receiver. I felt, I mean, you, you see more one-handed highlight catches from him than just about anybody in the league. And for him not to make it as a first ballot guy, you know, that's another one that kind of just left left a little sour taste in my mouth as well, I'm sure it was theirs. Uh, and then Andre Reed. Now, this one could be debatable. I felt like Andre Reed, he's a guy, went to multiple Super Bowls, had uh, a lot of consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, and yet, you know, he doesn't make it in. But I think he and Jim Kelly may suffer from the same thing of not winning the big game. And because of that, I just think that that's going to be an issue. So I, I, the Hall of Fame this year, 2012 class, congrats to the guys that made it. Uh, but the guys that I mentioned, you know, my heart, my hat and my heart goes out to you. Uh, like a Bill Parcells, a Jerome Bettis, a Chris Carter. I mean, you guys, and maybe because I grew up watching them, uh, but I, I felt like you guys have had wonderful careers and you're still having great careers, uh, in, in terms of with the media, with the league, doing excellent jobs, but not getting in first ballot. You know, shame on the voters. But I firmly believe that you guys will be in there the next go around. If not, you know what? I think we need to cause a little, little hay, uh, on that one because that's just not cool whatsoever. Um, but want to touch base a little bit and we'll go, uh, back into going into, uh, going into Indy. Uh, Darnell and I, we were, we're fortunate to be able to speak and, uh, do part of the segment for the players uh, for the NFL alumni group uh, handling your business and what a wonderful time uh, I caught up with guys like Rico McDonald who was a good friend of mine in Chicago he and his family became uh, families to my family and Rico's done well for himself outside of football um, having a trucking co- company and a gas company and Real estate, he and his wife Tammy are doing well. And seeing him with his twin brother, now that family, the McDonald family, is very interesting because they have three sets of twins. Uh, Rico and his brother are paternal twins, and they have a, a set of siblings right behind them that is uh, his sister and his brother are twin. And then Rico's wife 
uh, gave birth to twin a uh, twin boy and girl, uh, Austin and Autumn. So uh, to see guys that kind of we all grew up together, you know, in the NFL and, and watching, you know, what who they were as players, and to see that they're carrying on that same level of excellence out off the football field was remarkable. Uh, John St. Clair, he and his beautiful wife, um, doing their custom jewelry. And, you know, John has only been out this season. And when we were sharing, talking with him, he, you know, he was like, J.D., the the first thing I did, I stayed away from the television. Uh just felt like it was a difficult time, you know, sitting there watching football, you know, wishing what could have been, should I, can I give it one more go, things like that. And, you know, I thought it was very commendable for him to just say, okay, you know, babe, you've supported my dream. You've gone with me to Chicago, Cleveland, and places like that. How can I be a conduit into uh, sustaining our future with you, uh, with your dreams and your passion? So, and with the jewelry business, uh, one of my friends that was with me, she actually uh, bought a bracelet and ordered some things for him, and their uh, booth was packed. Even drunk, uh, Bumping into um, Jamal Lewis, uh, it was good to see him there, going out there, seeing guys that are really taking it out to move on past the NFL and not feeling like they have to just go and be around football to be successful. Uh, there's plenty of guys with great backgrounds. There was some guys that was into uh, engineering and things like that, and just to see that I thought was remarkable. Um, and that that is what it's all about. You can only play so long, and I was glad to see those guys that were showing, hey, you know, we had a plan, well, I were a player, and this is what we're doing now. So kudos to you, even kudos to you, Darnell, uh, with what you're doing and things like that. So it's awesome, and I'm just looking forward to, you know, handling my business. Uh as you well know, I'm one of the guys, uh, I have a cleaning business out here, Fresh and Clean Cleaners, and I do my camps both locally and internationally with high-intensity sports. I'm uh, going to be back in Chicagoland in the next month or two doing a, f- a few shows as well and looking forward to it. So, I mean, even for coaches, that's one of the hardest things to do is to move on past the game. And now getting that done and just seeing like Coach Mosley going to Japan, now he's writing a book and just talking to a variety of guys to see them doing things beyond the game, showing that they're not, football didn't define them, but they define the sport. And so, you know, we're going to get back to talking after this break and stay tuned, you know, for the next part of it. flagship station for sports voice america sports 
football, and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football, and we'll talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry. If you have a question for Darnell or his guest, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Darnell at DarnellAutry.com. Now, back to Outside the Spotlight. Okay, we're back, and thank you uh, for tuning in to Outside the Spotlight. Uh Darnell, I hope that you're doing better, man. I can't wait to get outside, and hopefully it's still about 75 and uh, run the streets a little bit here out in uh, Scottsdale. Um, but talk, getting back to some football, uh, you see Greg Schiano, great coach uh, from Rutgers, had an opportunity to work with him while I was in Chicago. Uh, Darnell also was w- with him. Good, smart, tough coach. Looks like he's been having a little trouble up until now trying to find an offensive coordinator. He finally snagged uh, Mike Sullivan to run his offense from the Giants. Uh, so I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what she's going to do down there. Uh, he has Butch Davis, and there's a little controversy with Butch because if he accepts a um, paid position, uh, he had a buyout with North Carolina uh, because of the infractions. So... Butch signs on. If he makes over like five hundred and ninety thousand dollars, then you know he doesn't. Uh, North Carolina doesn't own anything. Or if he goes and makes uh, less, then they pay the difference. So for what it looks like, Shiano uh, is going to go in as a, the role of a consultant. So be pretty interesting to see what happens out on there. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Butch Davis will go in as a consultant, and those guys have strong ties going back to uh, Miami with Wansett and everyone, so and Jimmy Johnson, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Tampa. And then you had the Packers linebacker Eric Walton playing no contact uh, contest to domestic disturbance, you know, got to keep the brothers out of trouble. 
And one of the big things that I felt that was very interesting was the fact that uh, the with Bruce Arians being gone at Pittsburgh, for Todd Haley to come in and uh, take the coordinator's job uh, in Pittsburgh, I, to me, that's like hiring possibly Tomlin's replacement. Uh, from what it looks like is not necessarily his guy, his pick. Um, and if you look at it, to me, the reason why they were saying that they wanted to get rid of uh, Arians with his quote-unquote retirement before he went on to the Colts um, was the simple fact that he threw the ball too much. Uh, and now going in, you know, they're in a situation where, to me, he's a wide receivers coach, uh, former coach and offensive coordinator that pretty much run and gun here and uh, with the Cardinals. And so now he's going to fill, uh, Pittsburgh and they're going to run the ball. I don't see it. Maybe it's me, but I, I just think that it's something something interesting is going to come out of that. And uh, Big Ben just went out there publicly and and said, you know what? I've heard some good things about him. I've heard some bad things. Uh, I'm very interested to see what type of relationship uh, they'll have. And uh, Ben made a great point. He said, you know what? We have some young guys on this offense, uh, and one of their strong suits is their wide receiving core. Uh, and I have to agree with Ben. Uh, I think they have some solid running backs, but again, I think that their strength is their wide receiver group. Uh, you have Wallace that can run out of his world, and Brown, I, I mean, to me, and you're still going to have Hines coming back. When Hines Ward is your third or fourth receiver, that's not a bad situation. I still know that Hines could make the touch catch, tough catch, and make the chains move. So you don't want to go away from your strength and nullify it just because this is the way you want to look. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that relationship develops uh, between Ben and uh, Todd and also with Todd and Mike. Um, I hope, I wish them the best. I really love Mike Timlin as a coach. Um, it just, it's going to be interesting how that Get that cohesion gets there. And speaking of trouble, uh, Ray Maluga is in, in trouble again, uh, this time for allegedly uh, punching someone in the face in the bar, you know, and with the history with the DUI, really probably the last place that uh, my, bo- my boy needed to be. So it'll be interesting to uh, see what comes out of it. And, yeah, Cincinnati, you gotta clean it up there. Uh, it, 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 it's been a, a year or two where a year has been kind of low key, but you know, they're getting back to the ways there. So, uh, guys gotta do the right thing. And here's gonna be interesting to see what, uh, New York does with Victor Cruz. You know, he basically has been under, you know, no one thought he was gonna be the guy he is. And when, Bill Belichick puts two guys and says, hey, make Manningham beat you. That says a lot uh, for a guy that was not even supposed to be playing, that was close to being cut. So, you know what? I can hear that cha-ching coming uh, Cruz's way. And you know, if he doesn't, you better believe that uh, someone's going to be holding out. And I wouldn't blame him. So go ahead, Jerry. Just sign, sign it over. Give the boy the money because – uh he he deserved it. And going back, covering 
another Super Bowl item. Uh, a lot of people got up in an uproar with Robert Gronkowski uh, partying with his shirt off. To me, each person handles, uh, I have to say, each person handles situations like that different. I felt like, would it be me partying afterwards? No, I don't want to talk to anyone. I would probably want to go home and bury my head in the bed and just kind of see my family and talk to them the next day, but wait a couple of days and just let everything just, you know, play itself out. I firmly believe in a 24-hour rule, but then after that, life goes on. You know, uh, a Super Bowl doesn't determine what type of man you are and things like that. The guy obviously is passionate about football. You know, he's gone out there, played injury, injured and, you know, getting a surgery. What I, but should he have been out there with a shirt off? Hey, I'm not built like him, so I probably wouldn't be doing it. But on the other hand, I think being in New York and understanding, uh, blue collar and things like that, Probably would have should have made a better choice, but how that's how life goes sometimes. So Gronk, hey man, I'm not mad at you. Keep your shirt on and uh, keep these people off of you, and we'll see what happens. Um, and it's gonna be interesting, you know, coming up with all these guys coming to the combine, <clears throat> which again is hosted in Indy. So you know, within the next few days and few weeks, it's gonna be even more Peyton talk and. Now they're doing which place Peyton fits better in, and it's going to be interesting. I, I think that if I'm Peyton, I stay in Indy. I um, take uh, make arrangement with, with my salary to stay there, retire a Colt. I mean, worst-case scenario, see how this thing goes, but there's rumor uh, that he's throwing okay. He's out there at Duke. Uh practicing with his former offensive coordinator at Tennessee, um, I think it's good for the organization to not let Peyton wear another uniform. Uh, and I understand not paying him that money, but if you could get him to restructure and, you know, guys could put eagles on the side and uh, do what's best for the organization and the sport, you know, as well aware. I mean, I would have to say that seeing Brett Favre, although I was excited when he went to Minnesota and uh, with the Jets, I just felt like it just didn't look right. Kind of tarnished the image of Brett Favre, in, you know, being number four for Green Bay. Same thing with Joe Montana. Seeing him put on a Kansas City Chiefs uniform just, to me, just wasn't right. I mean, that would have been like Walter Payton to me, plan for the Rams at that time. It just, I just felt like some things need to just let the guy walk off into the sunset with the jersey that he started with on his back. Uh, same thing like going back to Michael Jordan. Just, I, I don't think it's a good thing. But, you know, again, Peyton's a competitor. So for someone to tell Peyton he's done and then not getting his market value, hey, I'm not mad at him either. You know, securing his uh, future, and so one of the top places that they've uh, hinted at was Arizona. I can't personally see him in the Cardinals uniform, and the reason why I say that is I think that there's going to be a struggle with the supporting cast around him. Yes, he has Fitzgerald, but it's just those two. Uh, I felt like they have a lot of things to address. Um, having a consistent 
second receiver. Um, and you have an older tight end that I really feel like should pretty much be done in the O-line. Um, hasn't been secure, so Peyton's in the same situation, even though his wide receivers coach is here. So, yeah, he'll prep the guys there, but I just think it's too many question marks, and I don't, I can't see Arizona paying that money to bring Peyton here. Although it would be, be exciting, and, you know, my season ticket seats will uh, be a hot commodity if he does. I just feel like that wouldn't be the, the right place, and then they have him at the Jets, and, uh, the the Manning Fest uh, going on in New York. I just think the instability with that situation there already. You know, I, I can see that this is a win or get out year for Rex. I see that, you know, the instability with um, the San Antonio Holmes and then with Mark Sanchez. I mean, they do have a great line there, so that would be good for Peyton. But it's just too many questions so I can't necessarily see him there. And then Miami wants him there. And, okay, you have Brandon Marshall. You, you have one of the premier young tackles in the league. Um, but, again, what you, you need another receiver. You need a solid running, running game. To me, Peyton, stay in Indy. Get your statue built. You already done built the stadium there. Uh, it's your town. Uh Guys, work it out. I, I, I could see Peyton in two or three years possibly being the offensive coordinator there in Indy and then one day being the head coach. Uh, so, Ursay, do what you have to do. Sit down as men. Find a way to just make a, uh, a mutual agreement for what's best in all, for all parties, and I think that it could still be a good marriage. Uh, then going into that, we'll talk a bit, a little further regarding who the uh, Colts should take, and it's much debate with that. So once we get in, uh, back from this break, um, we'll talk a little bit further. But I really see Peyton being a man. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia College sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast Time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's got it. 
From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry. If you have a question for Darnell or his guest, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Darnell at DarnellAutry.com. Now, back to Outside the Spotlight. Well, welcome back to OTS. And again, Shakita. We thank you. You got that pleasant voice. Uh, welcome us in. Um, but I'm going to get back right away to the debate between, well, not so much the debate, but a lot of people are already just crowning and just saying that Andrew Luck should be the number one pick, things of that nature. I can't say that I agree with that. Uh, I feel like he's a good quarterback. I think he's solid. I think where the Colts are as an organization I feel like that they can get a lot more with less controversy, with less issue, issues by going with uh, RG3. I think, and I'm saying this because you have an old line, you have Jeff Saturday up in age, you have Dallas Clark who's had a few uh, injury-ridden seasons, you're losing Reggie Wayne. I mean, things are getting real, and then your defense, you know, is as suspect as it is, I say, you know what? Trade back, you know, trade up and go ahead or trade back and give up that first pick, you know, move back two or three spots and go ahead to Cleveland and go ahead and take the, uh, take RG3. Uh, so that acclimation process, first of all, if Peyton's healthy, there's no pressure to play him right away. Uh, RG3 is just as uh, a brilliant kid, uh, Good leader, strong teammate, and he has some mobility. You know, you have Luck that has had some knee issues, things like that. Then with an old line and not having that outlet and uh, Dallas Clark to be as consistent due to injuries, you're not throwing to Reggie Wayne. Uh, there's a lot of needs. Yes, they could go get some free agents. It's going to be a large overhaul. Uh, like has already been in off season for that team. My thing is go to RG three. You have a guy that's versatile. Uh, you can do some things. He can make the same throws that Luck can make. Uh, yet he may not stay in the pocket and take the same type of shots uh, that Luck will. He's. Uh, I think Luck has good footwork. Uh, I, I believe that RG three has better um, and the added dimension he brings to the game. Uh, people aren't just going to go sit back and blitz them, and I can see that happening. You know, you, the Colts have a division where they're gonna, the guys are going to send some dogs after that young pup. And so I just think that you go with RG3, uh, you might get another, get two first picks out of it, and then you can go ahead. I mean, who, who's to say that Cleveland wouldn't want luck? So they can trade. Now you get RG3. And you could get a guy like Blackman from uh, Oklahoma or, you know, get the receiver Floyd from Notre Dame, uh, things like that to start building the core. You know, you could get two first round picks out of it. To me, that's a decision I would make uh, long term for 
the organization. Now you have some peace with Peyton because it's not necessarily in a lot of people's mind that RG3 has to play right away. Then you have a nice target for Peyton to throw to, nice big good receivers. You could go ahead and start patching up that O-line a little bit. So there's a lot of things you can do. Uh, to me, sometimes the first pick is the worst pick to have. Uh, unless you're going to trade out of it. Um, there's a lot of pressure. I think they get luck in. Yeah, they'll sell some jerseys. They'll get some people in. But, you know, you remember another first-round pick for the Colts? Uh, they've had a couple first first picks, uh, Jeff George, and uh, I forgot the other quarterback, but and they didn't pan out for them. So to me, you know what, look at history. Look where you are. Look at what you have as a reason why you have the number one pick. Because overall, you didn't have the players this year. And Peyton was that guy that made the team better. And obviously, he's getting up in age, and he could still possibly play for you. Don't Keep him there. Let him teach the pup and uh, get some wins in. Uh, That's what the name of the game is, uh, building around. Um, And if you look at talking about some front office moves, Looking at what's going on in uh, Oakland with Reggie McKenzie, the new GM, you know, he's gone and got his coach in Dennis Allen. He's gone and picked up uh, the D coordinator, uh, D coordinator from the Broncos. And, you know, Reggie's doing some things that is smart. He's getting all that dead money, all those heavy salaries out, out the way. So, you know, it's going to allow them to make some moves. To develop, you know, he's going to go back and do what Green Bay does, uh, what he did in Green Bay, where those guys brought guys in and they developed them. And for a while, Green Bay was sending quarterbacks all out to all the other teams. When you had uh, Mark Brunel, you had Aaron Brooks, you had Doug Peterson, uh, Ty Detmer, even though he wasn't a guy that was drafted by them, you had Ty Detmer. All these guys sat behind Brett Favre uh, and they, in a lot of cases, they were traded. Some guys were free agents, but then they helped build on to the team. They had low salaries, um, and he's going to bring that Green Bay module uh, to Oakland, and I'm kind of excited for what's going to happen with them. Now, there's going to be some growing pains. It's not going to be a pretty deal uh, whenever you do something like that. Um, you're basically uprooting the organization and flipping it upside down. Uh, you You have a new coach. You know, you're bringing a new philosophy for the organization and really you got a new owner too. Uh, so those things that's going to happen, you know, you're going to see guys probably like Michael Huff with his $8 million salary gone, John Henderson with his $4 million salary gone, Tommy Kelly, $6 million, uh, Wimberly, uh, maybe up for debate, Aaron Curry with that $5.75 million. So you're going to see a lot of guys. Uh, shipped up and out of there, and then they'll hit free. They'll build their team with the draft. They'll dabble in a few free agents and understand that it's a journey. And you know, so I think he'll have two minutes or uh, two year, two or three years to for his plan to start showing uh, where it's going. And so I, I'm excited to see what's going on um, over there. And going back into the NFC West, you know. People are the young quarterback, uh, Colin Kaepernick is claiming that is an open, uh, tryout for the head quarterback job for 49ers. 
I don't know who he talked to or who lied to him, but you know, we all know that, uh, Alex Smith won his stripes this year and it's going to be very hard to uproot, uh, Alex Smith and what he's done with his body of work. And I have to say, if we're picking up, making picks on this situation, that, hey, Alex Smith is the man. 49ers have a strong core. They have some chemistry. It took them a while to get that. So, yeah, uh, young man, you just w- sit there and watch Alex. They have a lot more invested in Alex than you, second-round pick. Uh, and just be the best backup you can be because that's all you're going to be for a little while, um, especially when the head coach picks uh, the former or the starting quarterback to be his caddy at Pebble Beach. So it's going to be very interesting uh, to see what happens there. And we're uh, going to see what happens in the NFC West period. I think uh, the AFC West is obviously getting uh, better. It's going to be uh, interesting to see when free agency happens with Denver. Man, I'm excited for this offseason with football and looking forward in the next uh, week and a half of possibly going back out to Indy for the Combine to see these guys work out and find out the scoop of what's going on. And hopefully next week we can get my boy back on with me, uh, let him do his thing. He is the music maestro on the microphone. So um, I hope you guys have a great and a safe weekend. And thank you for tuning in for uh, Outside the Spotlight. Look forward to talking to you. Thanks for listening. Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry can be heard live every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Come back next week for another exciting show.